Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's up, skank? What's going on, ho? <laughs> we are, we are just like, we are, we are setting back the feminist movement one podcast at a time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, who needs oh. feminism? God damn it. Fuck your feminism. I shave my legs. Anyway, um, yeah, I know. We're going to get hate mail with that one. Um, How are you today? I'm good. I am closer and closer to the actualized me. How are you? You know what? Um, I read this amazing book called Balancing Bipolar, and it actually gave me a lot of tools that I did not consider initially and um I've been implementing them and it's been very uh level yeah I um my life is never necessarily going to be like calm or boring oh, yeah yeah I guess but level is like ultimate goal it's like hashtag life goal just steady (laughs) just steady dude I'm totally well you're just steady is other people's um you know we really really have to work at it let me me do the intro let me do the intro and do uh, do it get it all right. So hello and welcome to the Naked Onion Mystery Tour podcast. One day I'm going to be able to say that all at once. I would like to introduce you to you, Princess Erin Dawn, and me, Edith Ivy Rosenblatt, on the NOMT podcast, where any topic goes and usually does. No Thank kidding. you for sitting down with us and having a listen. Yay. So. Yay, fabulous, fabulous. So tell us all about your book. Uh, so the book that I read, and it's very short. It's like 70 pages. And the first like 25 pages are just this chick's life. So I read a little bit of it, but then I was like, I kind of I, I kind of zoned out after a while. <laughs> um, however, the last half of the book, is uh is a lot of great bipolar tools that are divided into exercise nutrition sleep management routine um all kinds of cool stuff and i was i was very impressed with it and i started implementing some stuff in my daily so i'm 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 looking forward to it um you know uh any anything that helps keep me out of depression or out of mania is a good thing so um, I'm all about, you know, Signing revitalizing, revitalize the toolbox, you know? Well, did, did they have anything about empathy to the self? No, I mean, as far as they had a lot of like forgiving yourself for not being able to do things that other people can do. Um, and I, that's a, that's a hard thing for me to wrap my brain around because I am first and foremost, one of those people that, you know, wants to be the go-to girl at all times and, and have all the answers, right. Have all the answers and be able to be there for everybody and be able to solve everything. And it's like, dude, no, (laughs) you, you can't, 
I mean, and then and then you'll have people who resent you for your unsolicited information. So, oh yeah, so it's like uh, these days, I just I just kind of sit back and and remain a a bystander a lot of the time, you know, and just kind of let the universe do their thing because you know otherwise it's just it's exhausting. It's you can't control everything and that's what bipolar is it's like you are out of control but yet you're in this shit show of cycling your your control you're out of control but you are in the middle of it you're like yeah, in the middle of a shit storm it's kind of like being out of control in your head and then you try to control everything around you right so it's right it's, a lack of mental control, which then, which, which then results in wanting to control your physical surroundings. Exactly. And you wouldn't believe how many people are bipolar, but mm-hmm. they, because they've never been diagnosed as bipolar, they're, they're not going to tell. Anytime you're having a conversation with yourself, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're you bipolar answer. motherfuckers right. oh, huh? and you answer it's like if you have a conversation with yourself and you are answering back at yourself right. you want to go yep. see us like i'm just you know no judgment just saying no no and and that's the other thing too it's like with alcoholism and then being bipolar mm-hmm. that's even worse because the control is so external mm-hmm. you're in the middle of mania you're drinking you're not only talking to yourself but you're mm-hmm. talking to other people <laughs> right exactly. um like what would i do like when i'd go to a bar and drink i would you know, I would talk to guys and strike up conversations. I was worse than a dude. Mm, mm-hmm, like getting mm-hmm. them to come home. Right. You know what I mean? Not having any value for my vagina. <laughs> Just a giant ATM machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, never, slide, I never thought of it that way. Slide your card here. Mm. Mm-hmm exactly exactly so when did you because i got the email i don't know Mm -hmm. who who's aaron graham what are you talking about because i got an email and it was it it was like a response back about empathy yeah that's me and mine mine should be aaron aaron dawn at gmail.com or egilmer at gmail.com yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it must be Gilmer. Mm-hmm. So I got um, an answer, a reply back, mm-hmm. and it said you were. See, I can't find it. <laughs> that's okay. I can do it. Um. So yeah, you had, pull it up. Yeah, that's fine. You asked me what age I was when I kind of like recognized my narcissism versus what age was I when I recognized my empathy, and right. I feel like I have always been an empath, but the the age in which I actually recognized and decided to live in the empath, you know, life 
was in my 30s. And then the narcissism, I don't really think I realized the narcissism stuff till my 20s, but I didn't work on that shit till I was like 38. So. Right. You weren't aware of it. Uh-uh. No, no. It was more like I was I, like, I became a narcissist in my 20s, but then I didn't work on it until I was 38. So, yes. Well, yeah. And you can be both. You can be both. You can be walking around because all narcissism is, is a lack of experience or learning from a situation. Right. And a lack and of empathy we'll, for others. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, so when I became a nurse, I became empathetic towards other human beings and their illness rather than shaming them for hey, you ate like shit your entire life and now look where you are. Right. It's not always the case, you know? Some people eat well and exercise and think they're doing the right thing and they still, maybe they're, uh, maybe they get a cancerous cyst on their labia. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, you. what about you? got any good examples um as far as when empathy or or narcissism or which yeah like when the switch started happening like uh, the switch started happening for me when I started working for hospice okay and I had an understanding of death and immortality or mortality excuse me shortly after my dad died I think there was a certain amount of freedom and release that came from that where I wasn't consistently judging my behavior based on this invisible force, i.e. trying to make my dad proud. So when I was able to sort of explore life and people, that kind of turns it around. And then when uh, when I found this other fellowship within recovery, that was when it was like, oh, it's not about me. Whereas the fellowship I was with prior was, <laughs> sorry, but super self-centered and super selfish. And right. very much of, you know, like, oh, you know, it's a selfish program. And, you know, it's, it's about us and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's, it's really not. It's actually about helping others. Um, right. but I didn't get that shit. So I was what, like, I mean, I, I didn't really implement that. The whole basically treating people as though I'm supposed to treat yourself. Help. Yeah, exactly. Not till, no, not till 39 or 40, something like that. So, well, that was when the real switch happened. That's right? when the real and switch that- happened. Absolutely. Was once I saw it in print, so to speak. And once I started implementing it, um, through a 12 step program, everything changed. Like every, everything changed. Every relationship I have changed for the better. My relationship with myself changed. Yeah. And you started seeing people for who they actually were. Yeah. And, and where you don't have an expectation of them you know, and you don't have an expectation of yourself. And I think it's easier for me to not have an expectation of other people than I have an expectation of myself. I feel like I am 
definitely my own worst critic, but I feel, you know, and, and we were taught, you know, I think that some of the stuff that we were talking about in that email was talking about your, you know, childhood and how somehow it gets ingrained in us that, you know, it, it is all about us and, you know, it's not about helping others. It's about helping yourself. Um, and well, oh, go ahead. no, 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 that's totally, that's, I have nothing else to say about that particular subject, but well, fun. when you think about it, when we're kids, the odd thing about parents is okay. They're not given a handbook. Yeah. And the way the world is now, everything is there for you. Okay. You don't have to think for yourself. You can, okay. If you need fitness, there are apps for that. There's YouTube, there's, you know, there's personal trainers, there's whatever, whatever you need. It's out there. If you're hungry, all the food you could want, you can just drive through a drive through, Mm -hmm. right? Dating, you want the perfect person? Try our app, (laughs) you know, seriously. Oh, and here's the other thing. Don't think about your health. Just take this pill. Here's this pill, you know? So the self gets um, like mixed up, gaslit. Like the whole world is gaslighting you Mm -hmm. and people don't realize that, you know, and then they start getting phone calls from um, telemarketers. Hey, do you need this? Do you need that? You know, we'll come and do your roof. We'll do this. We'll do that. You know, um, on the computer, your emails are inundated with shit. You didn't know you needed until it hit your email. Right. Right. So here it is. Why should you spend any time on yourself? You need to, in in your program, by your parents to spend time on everybody else's needs, but your own, Mm -hmm. because you need to be accepted by the rest of the world. Right. Who you actually are is fucked up and you need to work at being someone other than who you really are. Yeah. Yep. So then we drink alcohol. And we go to um, Al-Anon and adult children of um, Alcoholics Anonymous and all of this other shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a shit show. Mm. But once you feel better about who you are, you don't feel the need to judge everybody else. Nope. No, it's like uh, Patton Oswalt was saying the difference between him now and him in his 20s is that there's no music he hates. There's music he doesn't listen to, but there's no music he hates. Whereas in his 20s, he felt the need to tell everybody about certain bands that he absolutely couldn't stand and hated. And Mm. I feel like I'm kind of coming to that place at 41 where, yeah, I don't have to tell people oh, I can't stand that person, or oh, I don't like that, or I don't want to do this, or or post-contrarian shit online, like where someone posts something and they're really excited or happy about it, and then some dickhead posts right underneath it. It's like, oh, that's really lame or stupid, or I saw that movie and I hated it. It's like, nobody cares. Right? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I'm not that person anymore, and I'm really glad that I don't hang out with those people anymore, either. <laughs> 
Well, when you think about it, if you don't, like, if you work to please, I won't name names, but we know a person like this. Oh, yeah. Just wants to please everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's really quite selfish. You, You can't please everyone, right? And then you get mad at them when they're not pleased. Right. Right. Like, they did it intentionally or whatever and well it it goes against it's like your your goal is to be loved or liked rather but you're not being mm-hmm. liked for the honest reason you're being right. liked because you did something for somebody else yeah right and and that's the same in politics too it's like if we don't have respect for the other person and I try my damnedest, I'm not a Republican, but I do try to understand the viewpoint. It's not the actual human being that they appreciate. It's the ideologies, ideologies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's the, you know, you know, they have a romantic inclination of what religion is. Mm -hmm. It's this attachment to religion and this fondness for what it can deliver yes but at the end of the day the truth is religion is control it is a means to control a group of people yep it's it should be positive but when is it ever no right right and when when why would a religious figurehead have so much money i mean my my thing would be give to the poor what about feeding people look at children um you know maybe pick autism or or something pick something Mm -hmm. and give to that or it's just like you know dt Mm-hmm. Our, our former president, you know, why would you have a gold toilet and gold bathroom fixtures and gold, gold, gold upon gold? Yeah, it's creepy. And, and then ornate fixtures and the finest suits and all it. Look at Mother Teresa. Right. I mean, that's maybe... Way on the other side of the spectrum of empathy, you know, she literally gave her entire self, yes, to humanity, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, millennials people are mad at millennials for you know, not knowing what a dial up phone is, or not knowing what a phone book is, or not knowing. Thank God they never had to know what that shit was like. Right? Yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm glad that they have what they have and they're doing what they're doing. And um, yes, I would love to see more empathy. That'll come in time. Like everybody else, we have to learn. Yeah. And it, it's, it's time, it's experience, it's age. You know, that's the thing that we have to understand is that it's all this stuff happens over time and and with new experiences. You know, it's it, it unfortunately cannot really be taught. 
it's it's something that just happens and or or, or it doesn't right. happen <laughs> you have to put forth the action yes yes you have to look for it really or you you have to want peace in your own mind instead of always looking to blame other people for your misfortune mm-hmm. yep that's cool. exactly that's uh unfortunately i think a lot of people just kind of don't want to do the work you know it's 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 easier to not do the work and then blame somebody else <laughs> Yes, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's like being, a, oh, it's like Gordon Ramsay, right? Mm-hmm. And you, he has all these chefs. I don't know if you remember Kitchen Nightmares. Do you remember uh, that at all? I, yeah, I love, I love all the Gordon Ramsay stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that he calls people out on his shit. Mm-hmm. But my, it's like, it's like Sean and I were discussing before. Sean, my husband. And we were discussing yesterday um, that there are people who like to cook impeccably. And there are people that think they can serve slop to another human being and call themselves a five-star restaurant. Yep. Yeah. So. It's. I mean, <clears throat> I think the best thing is like being able to look at ourselves and kind of going, you know what? Thank God we don't have to do that today. Like, thank God we have a choice. Every day we wake up, we have a choice. Every day we have a wake up, we have a choice as to how we can act, how we can treat others, and how we can treat ourselves. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you can believe that the world is this shit, shitty, horrible place and everybody's a liar and everybody's fucked up and everybody's out to get you. You can believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, you know, where empathy helps you is that you can understand that nothing runs perfectly. Nope. Nothing runs on time. The bus isn't going to run on time. The doctor isn't going to run on time. Your dentist isn't going to run on time. Your lunch, hopefully it runs on time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Any um, experiences that stand out with you? Like, um, I mean, one of the things like that, for me- one of the things that 12 step teaches you is, um, is that you're no longer asking the universe and people like what they can do for you or demanding, you know, um, is that you're turning, you're almost like, you're almost like standing behind a counter. And then now you're the one who's kind of like asked like, Hey, how can I help you? Or, Hey, what can I do in this situation? And that's like understanding what they're going through, acknowledging that other people have lives, that other people have needs, that other people are human and not just, you know, ATM machines or emotional uh, chargers. You know what I mean? Like, I think people do that. Like they kind of kind of like look to other people to like charge them up emotionally 
and feel good, you know, like, like plugging in an electric car (laughs) and that's not how people are. Like if somebody treated you like that, if somebody was just using you to like get, you know, some kind of like emotional charge off of you, you would be drained as a human being. Oh, is that like codependence? Kind of. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it can be, but like really what it is, is just looking to be filled up by other humans when other humans are just as broken or fallible or human as you are. So right. you can't consistently go around just sucking everyone dry and then expect that to be fulfilling. You just can't, you know. How about as an example, um, you know, I have to have some semblance of understanding when I'm taking taking care of these elderly folks. And sometimes it's hard to understand because I feel pretty okay. And, you know, let's say I'm dealing with diabetes, you know, and I've had to deal with diabetes more than I ever have in my whole nursing career. And it impairs your brain, your body, your heart, everything. And some of these people act a little crazy. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to find a way to communicate with them. Because they're using their words, but they don't have the meaning they think it does. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You see? And so I have been using that with pretty much everybody trying not to attach so much meaning to, um, to what people say, right? Right. Like attaching my meaning to their words. Yeah, exactly. It's the narrative. If you attach a narrative to somebody else's words and that's not what they meant or that's not what they implied or that's not what their intent was, that shit's on you. Right. Right. And that's where the empathy, it helps you. It's like when you have like made empathy your superpower, then you gain more control over who you are. Yes, you do. Boy, that was crazy. That was, that was a, you know, yeah, that was a little mind. Look, I haven't, I'm not on acid or anything. <laughs> we are not on mushrooms <laughs> currently, so. Um, no, and no caffeine and no chocolate nope. and no. Nope, nothing. just, uh, just, just pouring our, our hearts and minds out into the world. That's pretty much what we do with this podcast, so. That's so cool. I, I think our next topic, I want you to, um, I want you to be the one to pick it. I think it needs to be light and maybe we'll do some research and give it a couple weeks. We're like, we should make it light. Um, no, I think that's a fantastic idea. I think it's good. Like Nexium. Yeah. Yeah. Like something more, you know, 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe what, um, maybe like being scared, like, you know, what does that accomplish? What does that sort of prevent us from doing, um, you know, if we weren't scared, what would we do? You know, so like basically like fear. I'm cool with that. I tell you what, I, I want to do some stand up. I want, whether I get booed off the stage or that's been a dream of mine. Cool. Is that the kind of fear you're talking about? Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like fear, basically like fear of succeeding or fear of trying things. That, that, that would be the kind of fear I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good idea. Roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I got a pass to Bush Garden. Oh, so nice. There's this one. Yeah, there's this one I want to do. I just want to do it. I want to just fucking do it. I got my, um, I got my COVID shot yesterday. I mean, I got my first one yesterday. And, and how do you um, feel? You know what? I was okay initially. And then the night of the shot, I definitely developed like the sweats and feeling very, very tired and arm pain, obviously where the, where the site was. But uh, when I woke up this morning, I feel totally fine i i I, yeah maybe a little tired but i think i'm always a little tired but yesterday i felt i literally felt like my body weighed a million pounds like i just could not do anything afterwards so wow and they say that the better in shape you are and meaning uh meaning uh health-wise and the younger you are the actual bigger a wallop it's going to cause with like feeling kind of like worn out and huh. stuff. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, I kind of heard the same thing because I'm getting my second shot next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. And I heard the second shot like the yeah. fucking the fucker, you know. The, uh-oh. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm trying to stay away from yep. sugar, which believe yep. me, that's my last vice. So I'm trying to make more ketogenic erythritol type snacks and um, just staying away from sugar until Mm -hmm. after like a week after. So a week before and a week Mm -hmm. after, because apparently it, this, this virus fucking loves sugar. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It likes to replicate. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, nope, hard pass. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna definitely do that. I'm I'm definitely gonna like plan for the next shot, which will be on four twenty one. Um, I'm probably going to arrange to have mm. Thursday off. And I said I'm probably going to arrange arrange to have Thursday off. So. Oh yeah, cool. so that I can so that if I do get sick, I'm at least protected work-wise. Yeah, I'm off next Tuesday, Wednesday, and mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah. So 
I work all weekend. So I work tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's my work week. Mm-hmm. Yep. So definitely, definitely going to put some safeguards in place. Um, Cause I've, I, I, I saw my mom when she got her second shot, she was just, um, she was like flu like, like she had, she was really sick. Um, and so, and she's a lot older. Fever. Yep, fever and aches and pains and all that other stuff because your body's making the antibodies. So, right, right. So, I'm planning for next week, definitely, or next time, definitely. So, sweet. Well, this was a good episode. I know it. It was deep. I learned some. I learned this, some shit. It's got you. deep. Definitely got some deep. I'm gonna go take a walk because the sun came out, so it's it's probably a good time for me to go. And I found that I've started walking without music, um, which I haven't done, and it's kind of ended up being meditative. So this is a, a new yeah. a new thing a new thing for me definitely. Walking meditation, which is what I do now so I can be present for Thurston on yes. our walks and not have my cell yeah. phone. Oh, totally. Yes. You know, the other thing I started doing is that at five o'clock every day when I get off work, my phone goes on the other side of the room so that I can cook and not be distracted and not be distracted when I watch TV at night. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, mine goes on do not disturb as soon as I walk in the Yeah, door. I mean, my phone's like a slot machine, and it's full of colors and sounds and <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a trap, Hooker, it's a trap. It totally is. So, no, I'm trying to, like I said, severely cutting down on phone time, so. All right, okay. I love you. I love you too. I love you too. Thank you. This has been absolutely fun. And um, we'll get together and figure out what the next one's going to be about. Okay. Have a great day. All right. Honey, you too. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's up, skank? What's going on, ho? (laughs) We are, we are just like, we are we are setting back the feminist movement one podcast at a time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, who needs oh. feminism? God damn it. Fuck your feminism. I shaved my legs. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. We're gonna get hate mail with that one. Um, how are you today? I'm good. I I'm closer and closer to the actualized me. How are you? You know what? Um, I read this amazing book called Balancing Bipolar, and it actually gave me a lot of tools that I did not consider initially. And um, I've been implementing them, and it's been very uh, level. Yeah, I'm my life is never necessarily going to be like calm or boring. Yeah. Yeah. But level is like ultimate goal. It's like hashtag life goal. Just 
steady. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just steady, dude. I, I'm totally. Well, cool. you're just steady is other people's. Um, you know, we really, really have to work at it. Let, oh, me, yeah. let me do the intro. Let me do the yeah. intro. And do it. Uh, do it. Get it. All right. So hello and welcome to the Naked Onion Mystery Tour podcast. One day I'm going to be able to say that all at once. I would like to introduce you to you, Princess Erin Dawn, and me, Edith Ivy Rosenblatt, on the NOMT podcast, where any topic goes and usually does. No Thank kid. you for sitting down with us and having a listen. Yay. So, yay, fabulous, fabulous. Mm-hmm. So tell us all about your book. Uh, so the book that I read and it's very short it's like 70 pages and the first like 25 pages are just this chick's life so I read a little bit of it but then I was like I kind of I kind of zoned out after a while (laughs) Um, however the last half of the book is uh is a lot of great bipolar tools that are divided into exercise nutrition sleep management routine um all kinds of cool stuff. And I was, I was very impressed with it. And I started implementing some stuff in my daily. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, uh, any, anything that helps keep me out of depression or out of mania is a good thing. So, um, I'm all about, you know, revitalizing, revitalize the toolbox, you know, well, did did they have anything about empathy to the self? No, I mean, as far as they had a lot of like forgiving yourself for not being able to do things that other people can do. Um, and I, that's a that's a hard thing for me to wrap my brain around because I am first and foremost one of those people that you know, wants to be the go-to girl at all times and, and have all the answers, right. Have all the answers and be able to be there for everybody and be able to solve everything. And it's like, dude, no, (laughs) you, you can't, I mean, and then, and then you'll have people who resent you for your unsolicited information. So, oh yeah. So it's like, uh, these days, I just, I just kind of sit back and, and remain a, a bystander a lot of the time, you know, and just kind of let the universe do their thing. Cause you know, otherwise it's just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. You can't control everything. And that's what bipolar is. It's like you are out of control, but yet you're in this shit show of cycling. You're, your control you're out of control but you are in the middle of it you're like yeah, in the middle of a shit storm it's kind of like being out of control in your head and then you try to control everything around you right so it's right it's a lack of mental control which then this which which then results in wanting to control your physical surroundings exactly and you wouldn't believe how many people are bipolar but they, because they've never been diagnosed as bipolar, they're, they're not going to tell. Anytime you're having a conversation with yourself, folks, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, you're you bipolar, motherfuckers. Uh, and you answer it's like if you have a conversation with yourself and you are answering back at yourself want to go see us like i'm just you know no judgment just saying no no and and that's the other thing too it's like with alcoholism and then being bipolar Mm -hmm. that's even worse because the control is so external Mm-hmm. you're in the middle of mania you're drinking you're not only talking to yourself but you're mm-hmm. talking to other people <laughs> right exactly. um like what would I do like when I'd go to a bar and drink I would you know I would talk to guys and strike up conversations I was worse than a dude mm-hmm. like getting mm-hmm. them to come home Right. You know what I mean? Not having any value for my vagina. <laughs> Just a giant ATM machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, never, slide, I never thought of it that way. Why your card here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So when did you, because I got the email. I don't know mm. who, Aaron, who's Aaron Graham? What are you talking about? Cause I got an email and it was, no. it, it was like a response back. About I don't know. Empathy. Yeah, that's me. And mine, mine should be Aaron, Aaron Dawn at gmail.com or E Gilmer at gmail.com. Yeah. 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 Okay. It must be Gilmer. Mm-hmm. So I got um, an answer a reply back Mm -hmm. and it said you were see I can't find it (laughs) that's okay I can do it um so yeah pull it up yeah that's fine you asked me what age I was when I kind of like recognized my narcissism versus what age was I when I recognized my empathy and right I feel like I have always been an empath but the the age in which I actually recognized and decided to live in the empath you know life was in my 30s and then the narcissism I don't really think I realized the narcissism stuff till my 20s but I didn't work on that shit till I was like 38 so right you weren't aware of it uh uh-uh no no it was more like I was I, like I became a narcissist in my 20s but then I didn't work on it until I was 38 so yes well yeah and you can be both mm-hmm. you can be both you can be walking around because all narcissism is is a lack of experience or learning from a situation right and a lack and of empathy we'll- for others <laughs> right 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 like so when I became a nurse I became empathetic towards other human beings and their illness rather than shaming them for hey you ate like shit your entire life and now look where you are right it's not always the case you know some people eat well and exercise and think they're doing the right thing and they still maybe they're uh, maybe they get a cancer assist on their labia. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, 
you what about you got any good examples um as far as when empathy or or narcissism or which yeah like when the switch started happening like I, the switch started happening for me when I started working for hospice okay and I had an understanding okay. of death and immortality or mortality excuse me shortly after my dad died I think there was a certain amount of freedom and release that came from that where I wasn't consistently judging my behavior based on this invisible force, i.e. trying to make my dad proud. So when I was able to sort of explore life and people, that kind of turns it around. And then when I, uh, when I found this other fellowship within recovery, that was when it was like, Oh, it's not about me. Whereas the fellowship I was with prior was (laughs) sorry, but super self-centered and super selfish and very much of, you know, like, Oh, you know, it's a selfish program and you know, it's, it's about us and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's, it's really not. It's actually about helping others. Um, right. But I didn't get that shit till I was what? Like, I mean, I, I didn't really implement that. The whole basically treating people as though I'm supposed to treat yourself. Help. Yeah, exactly. Not till, no, not till 39 or 40, something like that. Well, that was when the real switch happened. That's when the real switch happened. Absolutely. Was once I saw it in print, so to speak. And once I started implementing it um, through a 12 step program, everything changed. Like every, everything changed. Every relationship I have changed for the better. My relationship with myself changed. Yeah. And you started seeing people for who they actually were. Yeah. And, and where you don't have an expectation of them, you know, and you don't have an expectation of yourself. And I think it's easier for me to not have an expectation of other people. not have an expectation of myself. I feel like I am definitely my own worst critic, but I feel, you know, and, and we were taught, you know, I think that some of the stuff that we were talking about in that email was talking about your, you know, childhood and how somehow it gets ingrained in us that, you know, it, it is all about us. And, you know, it's not about helping others. It's about helping yourself. Um, and well, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. That's totally, that's, I have nothing else to say about that particular subject, but. Well, when you think about it, when we're kids, the odd thing about parents is, okay, they're not given a handbook. Yeah. And the way the world is now, everything is there for you. Okay. You don't have to think for yourself. You can, okay. If you need fitness, There are apps for that. There's YouTube, there's, you know, there's personal trainers, there's whatever, whatever you need, it's out there. If you're hungry, all the food you could want, you can just drive through a Mm drive-through, right? Dating, you want the perfect person? Try our app, (laughs) you know, seriously. Oh, and here's the other thing. Don't think about your health 
just take this pill. Yeah. Here's this pill, you know? So the self gets um, like mixed up, gaslit. Like the whole world is gaslighting you. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that, you know? And then they start getting phone calls from um, telemarketers. Hey, do you need this? Do you need that? You know, we'll come and do your roof. We'll do this. We'll do that. You know, um, on the computer, your emails are inundated with shit you didn't know you needed until it hit your email. Right. Right. So here it is. Why should you spend any time on yourself? You need to, in in your program, by your parents to spend time on everybody else's needs, but your own, Mm -hmm. because you need to be accepted by the rest of the world. Right. Who you actually are is fucked up. And you need to work at being someone other than who you really are. Yeah. Yep. So then we drink alcohol mm-hmm. and we go to um, Al-Anon and adult children of um, Alcoholics Anonymous and all of this other shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a shit show. Mm. But once you feel better about who you are, you don't feel the need to judge everybody else. Nope. No, it's like uh, <clears throat> Patton Oswalt was saying the difference between him now and him in his 20s is that there's no music he hates. There's music he doesn't listen to, but there's no music he hates. Whereas in his 20s, he felt the need to tell everybody about certain bands that he absolutely couldn't stand and hated. And mm. I feel like I'm kind of coming to that place at 41 where, yeah, I don't have to tell people, oh, I can't stand that person or, oh, I don't like that or I don't want to do this or or post contrarian shit online, like where someone posts something and they're really excited or happy about it. And then some dickhead posts right underneath it. It's like, oh, that's really lame or stupid. Or I saw that movie and I hated it. It's like nobody cares. Right. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so I... Yeah, I'm not that person anymore, and I'm really glad that I don't hang out with those people anymore either. <laughs> so. Well, when you think about it, if you don't like, if you work to please, I won't name names, but we know a person like oh, this. Oh, yeah, just wants to please everyone, mm-hmm. it, and that's really quite selfish. You You can't please everyone. Right. And then you get mad at them when they're not pleased. Right. Right. Like they did it intentionally or whatever. And well, it, it goes against, it's like your, your goal is to be loved or liked rather, but you're not being liked for the honest reason. You're being right. liked because you did something for somebody else. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the same in politics too. It's like, if we don't have respect for the other person and I try my damnedest, I'm not a Republican, but I do try to understand the viewpoint. It's not the actual human being that they appreciate. It's the ideologies, ideologies. Uh Yeah. So it's the, you know, you know, they have a romantic inclination of what religion is. Mm -hmm. It's this attachment 
to religion and this fondness for what it can deliver. Yes. But at the end of the day, the truth is religion is control. It is a means to control a group of people. Yep. It's, it should be positive, but when is it ever? No. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And when, when, why would a religious figurehead have so much money I mean, my, my thing would be give to the poor. What about feeding people? Look at children, um, you know, maybe pick autism or, or something, pick something mm-hmm. and give to that. Or it's just like, you know, DT, mm-hmm. our, our former president, you know, why would you have a gold toilet? And gold bathroom fixtures and gold, gold, gold upon gold. Yeah, that's creepy. And and then ornate fixtures and the finest suits and all it. Look at Mother Teresa. Right. I mean, that's maybe way on the other side of the spectrum of empathy. You know, she literally gave her entire self. Yes. To humanity. Yeah. So, you know, um, millennials, people are mad at millennials for, you know, not knowing what a dial up phone is or not knowing what a phone book is or not knowing. Thank God they never had to know what that shit was like. Right. Yeah. That's true. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm glad that they have what they have and they're doing what they're doing and um, yes, I would love to see more empathy. That'll come in time. Like everybody else, we have to learn. Yeah, and it, it's it's time, it's experience, it's age. You know, that's the thing that we have to understand is that it's all this stuff happens over time and, and with new experiences. You know, it's... It, it, unfortunately cannot really be taught it's it's something that just happens and or or it doesn't happen (laughs) you have to put forth the action yes yes you have to look for it really or you you have to want peace in your own mind instead of always looking to blame other people for your misfortune Mm -hmm. yep that's exactly that's uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of people just kind of don't want to do the work. You know, it's 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 easier to not do the work and then blame somebody else. <laughs> yes, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like being a, oh, it's like Gordon Ramsay, right? Mm-hmm. And you he has all these chefs i don't know if you remember kitchen nightmares do you remember uh, that at all i yeah i love i love all the gordon ramsay stuff mm-hmm. yeah i love that he calls people out on his shit mm-hmm. but my it's like it's like sean and i were discussing before sean my husband and we were discussing yesterday um that there are people who like to cook impeccably and there are people that think they can serve slop 
to another human being and call themselves a five-star restaurant. Yep. Yeah. So. It's, I mean, I think the best thing is like being able to look at ourselves and kind of going, you know what? Thank God we don't have to do that today. Like, thank God we have a choice. Every day we wake up, we have a choice. Every day we have a wake up, we have a choice as to how we can act, how we can treat others, and how we can treat ourselves. So. Well, you can believe that the world is this shitty, horrible place and everybody's a liar and everybody's fucked up and everybody's out to get you. You can believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or you know, where empathy helps you is that you can understand that nothing runs perfectly. Nope. Nothing runs on time. The bus isn't going to run on time. The doctor isn't going to run on time. Your dentist isn't going to run on time. Your lunch, hopefully it runs on time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any um, experiences that stand out with you like um I mean one of the things like that, for me- one of the things that 12 step teaches you is um is that you're no longer asking the universe and people like what they can do for you or demanding you know um is that you're turning you're almost like you're almost like standing behind a counter and then now you're the one who's kind of like asked like, Hey, how can I help you? Or, Hey, what can I do in this situation? And that's like understanding what they're going through, acknowledging that other people have lives, that other people have needs, that other people are human and not just, you know, ATM machines or, emotional uh chargers you know what I mean like I think people do that like they kind of kind of like look to other people to like charge them up emotionally and feel good you know like like plugging in an electric car (laughs) and that's not how people are like if somebody treated you like that if somebody was just using you to like get you know some kind of like emotional charge off of you you would be drained as a human being oh is that like codependence kind of I mean it it, it's it it can be but like really what it is is just looking to be filled up by other humans when other humans are just as broken or fallible or human as you are so right. you can't consistently go around just sucking everyone dry and then expect that to be fulfilling. You just can't, you know. How about as an example? Um, you know, I have to have some semblance of understanding when I'm taking taking care of these elderly folks and sometimes it's hard to understand because I feel pretty okay and you know let's say I'm dealing with diabetes you know and I've had to deal with diabetes 
more than I ever have in my whole nursing career. And it impairs your brain, your body, your heart, everything. And some of these people act a little crazy. Mm -hmm. And you kind of have to find a way to communicate with them because they're using their words, but they don't have the meaning they think it does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You see? And so I have been using that with pretty much everybody, trying not to attach so much meaning to... Um, to what people say, right? right. <clears throat> like attaching my meaning to their words. Yeah, exactly. It's the narrative. If you attach a narrative to somebody else's words and that's not what they meant or that's not what they implied or that's not what their intent was, that shit's on you. Right. Right. And that's where the empathy it helps you. It's like when you have like made empathy, your superpower, then you gain more control over who you are. Yes, you do. Boy, that was crazy. That was, that was a, you know, yeah, that was a little mind. Look, I haven't, I'm not on acid or anything. (laughs) We are not on mushrooms currently, so um, no, and no caffeine, and no chocolate, and no nope. Just uh, just just pouring our our hearts and minds out into the world. That's pretty much what we do with this podcast. So that's so cool. I I think our next topic. I want you to um, I want you to be the one to pick it. I think it needs to be light, and maybe we'll do some research and give it a couple weeks. We're like, we think? should make it light. Um, no, I think that's a fantastic idea. I think it's good to mix it up, like Nexium. Yeah, yeah, like something more. You know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe what. Um. Maybe like being scared, like, you know, what does that accomplish? What does that sort of prevent us from doing? Um, You know, if we weren't scared, what would we do? You know, so like basically like fear. I'm cool with that. I tell you what, I, I want to do some stand up. I want, whether I get booed off the stage or that's been a dream of mine. Cool. Is that the kind of fear you're talking about? Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like fear, basically like fear of succeeding or fear of trying things that, that, that would be the kind of fear I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good idea roller coasters mm-hmm. yeah i i i got a pass to bush garden oh so nice. there's this one yeah there's this one i want to do i just want to do it i want to just fucking do it i got my um i got my covid shot yesterday 
I mean, I got my first one yesterday. And, and how do you um, feel? You know what? I was okay initially. And then the night of the shot, I definitely developed like the sweats and feeling very, very tired and arm pain, obviously where the, where the site was. But, uh, when I woke up this morning, I feel totally fine. I, I, I yeah, maybe a little tired, but I think I'm always a little tired, but yesterday I felt, I literally felt like my body weighed a million pounds. Like I just could not do anything afterwards. So, wow. and they say yeah. that the better in shape you are and meaning, uh, meaning, uh, health wise and the younger right. you are, the actual bigger a wallop it's going to cause with like feeling kind of like worn out and huh. stuff. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, I kind of heard the same thing because I'm getting my second shot next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. And I heard the second shot like the yeah. fucking the fucker, you know. The, uh, you know. Right. Right. So I'm trying to stay away from yep. sugar, which believe yep. me, that's my last vice. So I'm trying to make more ketogenic erythritol type right. snacks and um, just staying away from sugar until mm-hmm. after like a week after. Yeah. So a week before and a week mm-hmm. after, because apparently it, this, this virus fucking loves oh that's sugar. interesting yeah it likes to replicate yeah yeah it's like nope hard pass so yeah i'm <laughs> uh i'm gonna definitely do that I'm, I'm definitely gonna like plan for the next shot which will be on 421 um i'm probably going to arrange to have mm-hmm. thursday off and I said I'm probably going to arrange to have Thursday off. So, yeah, so that I can, so that if I do get sick, I'm at least protected work-wise. Yeah, I'm off next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Mm -hmm. Thursday. So, I work all weekend. So, I work tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That's my work week. Mm -hmm. Yep. So definitely, definitely going to put some safeguards in place. Um, Cause I've, I, I, I saw my mom when she got her second shot, she was just, um, she was like flu, like, like she had, she was really sick. Um, and so, and she's a lot older. Fever. Yep, fever and aches and pains and all that other stuff because your body's making the antibodies. So, Right, right. So I'm planning for next week, definitely, or next time, definitely. So sweet. Well, this was a good episode. I know it. It was deep. I learned some. I learned it's, some shit. It's got, it's got deep. Definitely got some deep. I'm gonna go take a walk because the sun came out, so it's it's probably a good time for me to go. And I found that I've started walking without music. Um, which I haven't done and it's kind of ended up being meditative. So this is a, a new yeah. a new thing. A new thing for me, definitely. 
walking meditation, which is what I do now so I can be present for Thurston on yes. our walks and not have my cell yeah. phone. Oh, totally. Yes. You know, the other thing I started doing is that at five o'clock every day when I get off work, my phone goes on the other side of the room so that I can cook and not be distracted and not be distracted when I watch TV at night. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Mine goes on. Do not disturb as soon as I walk. in. Yeah. I mean, my phone's like a slot machine and it's full of colors and sounds and (laughs) you know what I mean? It's a trap hooker. It's a trap. It totally is. So no, I'm trying to, like I said, severely cutting down on phone time. So, all right. I love you. I love you too. I love you too. Thank you. This has been absolutely fun. And um, we'll get together and figure out what the next one's going to be about. Okay. Have a great day. All right, honey, you too.